0: Welcome back to the What's Your One More podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. And, you know, have you ever worked from home and thought about virtual reality space? Have you ever taken a job where you really haven't entered the office, but you've been able to do it from the comfort of a different location? Today's guest is for you. We're going to talk about how we make that happen and things that are going on in the virtual and AR world. I'd like to welcome to the show, Matt Simaglia. Matt, welcome to the show today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're real excited. You know, Matt is the CEO and co-founder of Third Summit, whose flagship platform Altion is an ecosystem for production professionals that simplifies cloud-based workflows, asset management, and remote collaboration. He's an expert in cutting edge and with Web3 Technologies with more than two decades of experience running an award creative agency. Matt stakes his reputation on relentless commitment to every project he takes on, a trait that earned his work at Can Lion and National News Emmy nomination. In addition to his nonprofit work in the art sectors, Matt is also an avid cyclist and mountain climber, having once tackled and achieved Mount Everest with the same drive he brings to the workplace. Matt, welcome to the show today. It's an honor to have you on here. Yeah, it's,
1: it's honestly, I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been quite a week for us. <laughs>
0: I can't wait to dive into that. I can't wait to share that with the audience. You know, we had a chance to meet a couple of weeks ago and uh, you even kind of tipped your hand a little bit and said, hey, I can't tell you about this, but I'd love to delay this just a little bit so we could talk about this exciting week we're about to have. And uh, that's something I think the audience is going to really appreciate hearing about. But, you know, before we dive into that, I loved your story. When we got a chance to talk. You know, you, you told me about, you know, it was interesting because he go, you wonder how I even came up with like the concept of virtual workspace and you started telling me about it and i don't want to steal your thunder here but can we go back to your days when you were with nbc and they would put you in the middle of the, the hurricane essentially physically the hurricane
1: yeah i mean look i'm i'm a product of florida so i thought <laughs> uh, live my share my fair share of hurricanes Throughout life, and I mean, I even remember the fourth grade missing it because of the unfortunate events that happened for Hurricane Andrew. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I think gr- growing up, we saw how um, infrastructure would be impacted by major events. So um, back in 2018, um, in 2018, um, you know, you were having a lot of hurricanes or a lot of uh, wildfires that were happening in the world, and um, one of the companies that I used to do some work with. Um, years prior, uh, ended up taking on a lot of work for Carnival, Carnival Cruise Lines because they were doing their um, call center support. And what was so fascinating about this is um, the the organization that they were working with um, had a lot of call center employees in one single space and then quickly had to go remote. And so I saw that, and then, you know, I thought about all of the different facets of various businesses that I've seen that were completely, um, you know, derailed for weeks and just because their entire, uh, workforce was in one singular location. So again, I think that that's, that's, you know, a lot of decades of experience Mm -hmm. sort of culminated to create, um, what we're now working on for, for But to go back to your question, um. Yeah, I I graduated college and uh, started a production company and quickly got a contract with NBC Network and. Okay. Um, what was, what was interesting about this time period too, uh, is they wanted to do a lot of, um, more remote style or remote style, um, production work where everything was sort of more self contained in the field, as opposed to just sending all of the footage back to New York or one of the bureaus via satellite, uh, and then having to do all the work there. So I was part of this sort of test bed and, um, what was what was fascinating about it, too, is, you know, they would literally, uh, you know, tell us all day you know to drive up and down various coastlines uh, wherever wherever we thought our hurricane might be hitting. Um, and by the end of the day or, you know, whatever the time period was, uh, we would be dead set on ground zero wherever a hurricane was supposed to make landfall. Uh, we'd hunker down in there so that we could actually report the news as it was coming in.
0: Wow. So literally, you're, you're thrown and thrusted into the eye of the hurricane. Which is pretty incredibly much. Th- yeah. yeah, when you think about it. And so, you know, one of the things you told me was, hey, listen, you know, when that would happen, you would often ask yourself the question, like, you know, besides the, the living situation, h- how are people continuing to work? Like, how do they, how, you know, how do they manage? How do companies manage? And it kind of led you to this concept, as you mentioned earlier, about virtual workspace.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think that the world, uh, just inherently was getting to this, to this point where, um, I saw it at my, my old production company where, you know, towards, towards the sort of 2015 era of things, or, or even, you know, the, the 2010s to 2015s, um, technology was starting to get democratized in such a way that I could take a MacBook Pro and go edit at a coffee shop. Um, in that, that, system um, that I bought off the shelf at the Apple store would rival an $80,000 editing system that we had in our big giant office with couches and everything else. So um, I think just human nature caught up to the fact that like, we should be doing things a little bit easier, we should be, be more efficient in our workplace. And if I don't have to be tied down to a specific location, um, you know, that, that really benefits the, the overall, you know, mindset and, and, you know, cut sort of creative juices, if you will, uh, for when you're creating a, a particular production. And so we would allow our editors or production staff to go and take hard drives and go work at a coffee shop or go work at home because also a lot of times, you know, creatives like to work in the middle of the night. There's no distraction. So, uh, for them to go and be able to, um, do their best work at when they want to do it, mm-hmm. uh, it was really critical. And so I think pulling together all of these different data points throughout the two decades that I was running that business, um, really led me up to this degree of thinking, okay, um, we're in an era now where bandwidth is super fast, right? It's been, it's the fastest it's ever been, right. uh, but it's the slowest it will ever be, which is kind <laughs> of interesting to think about that. Well um, but but when you would really get into the um, overall architecture of the cloud and, and having access to the cloud the thing that was lacking most is the layer between the uh, smb market or or you know small medium businesses or independent content creators or or influencers even and in the big cloud right mm-hmm. um it's it's really difficult i mean we have a team of almost 50 engineers that work on this daily that uh had to help altion uh, or are working on altion building on the cloud um for an independent person that's really not uh feasible first of all but then second of all it's it's just a lot of work that we put into it i mean we're 4 years in and we're still developing this company we'll never end we'll never stop developing but um but really to its core altion is a is that thin layer it is that bridge to be able to make it so that anyone can now have access to the cloud and when you think about the traditional um storage cloud workflows mm-hmm. they weren't built for creatives uh they weren't built for people that are storing incredibly large files they weren't built for people that needed um orchestration engines in the background that were converting video files or allowing for comments to happen. And, um, and I know that I'm sort of speaking a little insider baseball there right. for some people that might not be in the production industry, but, um, you know, when you, when you think about those traditional, uh, again, cloud providers, they were sent, they were made for sending, you know, your large document, to your accountant, because you couldn't email it. It wasn't intended for video that was massive resolution. So that's what we've really done at Altian simplified that process for content creators to to store their
0: content and and collaborate in the cloud. Yeah, and I think it's fantastic. And for our audience, you know, just to kind of break down a little bit, that's a lot to unpack right there. But just to kind of go ahead and break it down, you know, you're referencing what the everyday person's using Google Docs, Dropbox, you know, uh, maybe even Apple Cloud, you know what I mean? Like your desktop and you're storing documents, but from a collaborative effort to put a, a movie on there, if you may. It would be virtually impossible to garner enough cloud space, put that on there to where someone in Burbank could be working on the something that someone in Florida could be seeing them do in the comments being put in there. There just wasn't a cloud space that was offered for that that was even economically feasible for the average user like myself to use.
1: Well, and the other thing is contextually switching between uh, every day right? No matter what business you're in, you're probably using five or six or seven different applications every day. Uh, and you're having to contextually switch. Hey, where did I do that function? Or where did I store that file? Or where did I do this, this thing, right? Mm -hmm. For content creators, you're balancing that plus trying to create something out of nothing. And it's really, it's really something that you have to be laser focused on. And for Alteon, we always say that we're taking a lot of single purpose apps and bringing them into one ecosystem. And that's truly what we've done. And and we're looking at other partners that we can work with that built something fantastic that we would never want to try and encroach on. But um, including that within the Alteon ecosystem is really part of the core value set of what we're building. Um, And there are other areas where as a business, we've made decisions to say, hey, look, we should build... Uh, because we think that we could build it really well and it'll also um, keep our costs down enough that the everyday person could afford Altion.
0: Wow. And so w- when you talk about ecosystem, for our audience again, are, are they should they be thinking like operating system or should they just be thinking um, essentially when you hear Alteon, think something like, and I, and I may be overstepping here, but think something like an Adobe package that has, you know, has the functionality to do things inside of it. And you can have plugins, you can have additional software come in there, but we're gonna give you a nice base and array for the average user to have. Is is that how the audience should be thinking about that?
1: Yeah, I would I would think of us more as as the operating system if you want okay. to put it in that context, right? Because we're not necessarily the tool that you're doing the work in, uh, you know, whatever, whatever collaborative capacity. Um, but we're the sort of conduit to for the media, to the tool. Gotcha. Um, so, so, so last year, for instance, we launched our integrations with final Cut pro, which is the apple editing, uh, platform that they support. And, um, from that perspective, we were able to bridge content that somebody, again, to, to give you a reference, somebody in Florida uploads a piece of content uh, up to the cloud today, and then an editor in Burbank is able to pull that directly into their edit system through our native application that's hosted within Final Cut Pro. So that's a really unique characterization of how we're simplifying that workflow. In the other sense, again, using one of the more popular cloud-based uh, platforms that you were you were referencing before, it would be you know I've got a get a link, find wherever that was stored in my bucket, because it's not really organized in any specific way. It's just kind of scattered there. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to download that onto my computer. I then have to drag that into a hard drive that I'm working on. And then I have to then import that file or clip into an edit system, right? That's three, four, five steps just to do one thing where in Altion, because it's housed directly inside of the application, it's one click that piece of media is now located inside my editing application. And I want to stress, though, that it's not necessarily just for content creators. Um, We've seen other companies that are using this, or even brands, for instance, that are on Altion that are storing their media because they then go hire lots of different um, contractors that do work for them. So um, it's really important to highlight the fact that in the in the sort of old world it would be you know you hire a production company and they'd store your tapes for you um and and then you know digital came along and now uh people are storing digital media files for you and a lot of cases you know they might not have meaning the the production company might not have the best in class storage that your organization or your brand might have um so so why would you be trusting all of this valuable content with them and with Altion we really uh, we really streamline that process but also it's incredibly secure uh, it's redundantly backed up our cloud partner is IBM so best in class storage there in a data center that you know it would it would take a major catastrophic event uh in order to to sort of take that media down. But again, sort of thinking through all of these different steps, um, it's it's sort of a logical
0: approach for for really anyone to get into the cloud. Yeah, no, I love it. And you know, speaking of Apple, if if we could just maybe switch gears here a little bit, can we can we talk a little bit about that uh uh, that that sneak peek of what you were saying you wanted to make, you know, the announcement that just got released here a little bit, you know, I think it was yesterday or Tuesday. It was Monday. Monday, yeah. okay. I mean,
1: it, Monday was an incredible day um, for content creators as a whole because I think that it opened up an entirely new avenue for people to create or express their their vision for something. Um, you're not just on a 2D plane anymore; you're in a an in incredibly augmented or virtual um, experience that you can provide to your viewers. Um, what I think is so so interesting, and I've, I've said this a couple times um, with some other people, but Going back to the silent film era, the Nickelodeons of the day, these were eight to 10 minute films, and they were typically a non-linear narrative. Mm -hmm. And and that means that you can step into the story at any point. So you'd walk into a a movie theater, you'd you'd pay your nickel, uh, and you'd watch a piece of content that was displayed in front of you. And what was really interesting is during that time period, if you stepped into the theater during, you know, halfway through, um, you'd stay and then watch it so that it loops back around (laughs) and it'll start playing again. And then you, you'd watch until the point of like, you, you, you know, saw the piece of content where you started and then you'd probably walk out of the theater. So it was, it was this very much a nonlinear narrative, um, structure that happened and what's so interesting is I think that we've gone completely back to that, where if I want to step into a virtual space or an augmented reality, mm-hmm. um, I could put on the you know Vision Pro that Apple came out with or some of the other companies that have um, their headsets and and really experience content in a very unique way. Or if you and I are watching the same story, I might see something in the corner of the room where you're seeing something up in the sky. And then afterwards, we can compare notes. And it's like, oh, I've got to go back and rewatch that uh, piece of content because you saw something totally different than I did. So again, it opens up an incredible
0: new world for content creators. Yeah, and I'm, I'm floored by it. And I've only watched the keynote three times now to try to keep up with everything that's going on. and I'm blown away by it. And I'm sitting there watching it with my 16 and 15 year old. And they're seeing already seeing things differently in the presentation than I saw. And they are already seeing different levels that it'll go to than what I'm thinking of. And, um, you know, I just want to say congratulations, because I know that I know that you have uh, a, a stake in this. And it was a big day, for, like you said, for creators and and for people like yourself. And, and congratulations uh, for that 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 new leap that you guys are about to take in that industry.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we can't take any credit for Apple, but I think that what's what's incredible is the fact that, you know, we we were able to quickly um, announce that we support 3D objects and augmented reality and virtual reality within Altion. So content creators that are for the next six months or a year, however long it takes Apple <laughs> to, you know, really get this thing out to the marketplace because uh, they weren't specific about that. But mm-hmm. what's great about it is it does give time for content creators to go build that that uh level of of um you know product that will be going and displayed in these these headsets
0: yo thank you so much for choosing us today we're definitely not done with our podcast but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show i've been in the lending business for 20 years i've seen many different lenders during those 20 years i recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor and The team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family. And I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com. W dot B O E because it's more than loans. It's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right. Now back to the podcast.
1: I look back at high def televisions. <laughs> I remember going out in like the early two thousands and buying a flat screen TV and the flat screen TV at that time period was, you know, about six inches thick, <laughs> um, in <and> 42 inches <laughs> wide. But, um, but I, I look back at that time period and the only content I could watch was like the nature channel or something. Right. And that was on a loop because <laughs> it was the only thing that, that my cable company could support in high def or the only, the only piece of content that was out there. So I think that it will be a couple of years before content creators can fully get, um, into this more immersive experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's incredible that Disney's come out of the gate saying, look, we're going to support Disney plus, uh, on the, on the, um on the vision pro and I think that you know that is just also showing how innovative of a company they are mm-hmm. to say look we see this new medium uh we see a new opportunity here for an an entirely new experience of our content
0: yeah no I agree with you on that and the other thing that you know speaking of HD if we could just for a second go back in time I'm so glad you brought that up you know when you when you left NBC and you went to Chicago to start a essentially a, a storage a digital storage and production company it, t- do you mind sharing Sharing that story with the audience about Dateline and the things you were telling me a couple of weeks ago about how when they went to produce their first couple of shows in HD that they uh they they had some some they they had some cameras lacking and they needed some help there I thought this was this was just great when you were telling me this
1: yeah so I, I didn't get into the digital storage space until just a few years ago but um you know we had we had lots of servers in my office at the time that um we were you know we were very unique in the sense that we were just eating up data left and right. And, you know, at this time period, I think we had about half a petabyte of data and this was, you know, mid, uh, you know, mid early two thousands. Uh, and, and so for anyone to have that amount of space was just astronomical. But, um, yeah, I mean, we were, we were contacted, um, by dateline at the time period where they said, look, we wanted to edit high def datelines and we, they couldn't at the network because they didn't have the infrastructure to be able to handle it. So, um, everything from their servers down to the entire work workflow that they had, again, just could not handle high def datelines. And so we were able to, um, build shows for them. So we, we started with probably about three or four a year, uh, and then that scaled up over time, but. It was, it was so fascinating because here I was running, running a business out of Chicago or a production company. And, you know, we did a lot of branded content and commercials and, and, um, uh, you know, online video, which (laughs) I had to, I, I remember looking back at some decks not too long ago of trying to convince my clients that they should put video online. And I remember walking into boardrooms and telling CMOs this, and they just looked at me like I was from Mars, (laughs) uh, which, you know, nowadays it's like, that's the only thing people do. Um, but going back to Dateline again, it was, it was really incredible for us because it just showed how, um, you know, forward focused we were on technology and really trying to cobble together things of the day to, to make new workflows and, and to build, um, uh, a new audience for what we were what we were trying to create and you know fast forward uh to to about four or five years ago again pulling all of those data points together um i had exited my my production company and i was really scratching my head and i was doing some consulting and some innovation work and and it really was this light bulb moment for me that said look you know I I've had this experience that's very unique. Um, I've probably worked through every workflow anyone could could mostly do in the in the content creation space. Why not use that to to good? And I I really genuinely feel like I've built a platform for my peers. You know, I was the crazy one that actually said, okay, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna put it together because everyone always talks about a way of improving the way that they do their business. Mm-hmm. I don't care what business that is or what function it is you always think about well how could i do this better how could i how could i make this more efficient and um, and i really that's really what sort of the general thesis behind altion was at the very beginning and and still stands today
0: no it, it's fantastic you know you said something and your timing of the, of what you just said maybe I had to go back to my notes when we first talked and you said you know in 2008 when you were in chicago and then and even fast forward to 2022 you said in times of economic decline there's always an opportunity and I love that necessity statement. is the mother of invention yes yeah and I love. I wrote that quote down because I want I was like make sure to bring back up on the podcast because I love it because that goes for any business you know in times of economic decline there's always an opportunity whether you're a salesperson whether you're an inventor whether you're a creator there's always an opportunity and I love the fact that leaders think of that way and I wanted to commend you on that statement because in 2008 you did it and now you're doing it again and and, and in this cycle and and you know I just hats off to, to you guys and And what you're doing right now um which leads me to my next question about the ar space what's what's next for that in the next five years what do you see in that world what do you see in that space
1: well really quick before you get into the ar thing i just want to bring up one one more one more comment about um you know economic decline or or you know catastrophic events or anything Mm -hmm. like that so back in 2019 i had a really strong stance on we needed to think about a remote workflow environment and um And we broke ground, we started first coding for Altion in December of 2019, knowing that we would have about a five year uphill battle to get into um, the creative space and try and convince people to do a little bit more of a remote workflow, (laughs) then fast forward three or four months world shuts down and, you know, people are calling up saying, Hey, you know, how can I log into your platform? I read this article about you. Um, and, and we were like, we just came up with the name. (laughs) I mean, it was really, it was really kind of this perfect storm moment for us, but what was great about it is we stayed the course. And I think that's important for any entrepreneur not to like just jump at the shiny object or jump at an opportunity and it was painful for us to stick to our plan of we're going to build this over the next couple of years before we launch okay Uh, i mean it was incredibly painful because we saw such huge market opportunity in front of us but i didn't want to just quickly speed up development or quickly just launch one part of Altion because I feel like the users wouldn't have seen the full vision or they wouldn't have been able to really utilize it in such a way that we intended for them to do and have a, have a great experience on the platform. So we really stuck to it and then we launched in uh, April of last year for the platform. And and again, it's just, it's been really great since then, but to your AR question, right? Um, where do we see that going and, mm-hmm. and where, where do we see the, the space going look i i think that it's 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 we have we have been given a shot in the arm by apple saying that they're now entering the race okay i think content creators as a whole i personally have been involved in the ar space or vr space for um probably close to 10 years i wow. i was um i i actually funny enough i was at nbc in 2015 um, and, and I, I actually pulled up an old picture from this, this pitch that I did where I was pitching virtual reality to the network and they all looked at me like I was crazy. They were like, wow. this is sorcery, right? Like yeah. no, nobody could ever do this. And then I, and then I popped, um, uh, uh, a makeshift, you know, it was like the Google cardboard <laughs> and I put my phone in it. Uh, and you know, it was a really low resolution phone, whatever that, that time period was, but it still showed off such an incredible experience of being inside of a news story or being inside of a piece of content. And so I really look at it from the perspective of that didn't succeed back in 2015 because a lot of the market really wasn't adopting it and there wasn't really a good viewing mechanism. Understood. And So I think that today, moving forward to you know what happened on Monday with Apple's announcement for the Vision Pro it really is, again, going back to what I said, that shot in the arm for the entire space to wake up and say, okay, you know, there is a ecosystem now that exists where there's multiple players in the space right. and the biggest players of all. And I think what's great about Apple and why I think that now it's going to succeed even more is the fact that there's a lot of people that have already developed apps for Apple without knowing it on AR kit. Because ARKit has existed for many years. So it's been almost hiding in plain sight. So you have a group of developers that are very familiar with Swift or very familiar with ARKit, which again has been a coding language around for many years that Apple, um, has their developers on. And so because of that, and because people are already familiar, I think it's going to be a lot easier for um creators of all natures right not just app developers mm-hmm. but i'm talking about 3D artists or or even storytellers to create their their mechanism or their app for this for this uh, headset and i I think it's just an incredible time period for that
0: so this adaptation period that you're referring to it's already been happening in the background so the acceleration of the growth of this could be much greater than you know we normally would anticipate so instead of something that may take like five years to kind of get to a level it could take you know two because it's already been going on in the background for so long Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you think it does for something like this on a podcast? What does it do for something like this? Like, how, how can that change our space? Right now, we're Zooming. Right now, we're, we're seeing each other on camera. But, I mean, with this, with, is there an opportunity, and, and, and pardon my ignorance here, is there an opportunity where you have the, the, the headset and I have the headset, and we can record literally being in the same room at the same time?
1: I think the greatest thing is we don't know <laughs> okay um I, I like i i genuinely i think that that's the greatest part about it so okay there's a i'm gonna bit i'm gonna butcher this story a little bit um but i was t- i was told this by um by a correspondent that i used to work with that there was an there was an old story of a farmer and this was back in the you know early 1900s there's a farmer and they wanted to do a radio show or something along those lines. And again, somebody fact check this for me so I can get <laughs> all the, all the facts right on this, but, but essentially they, they wanted to do this radio show and the, you know, the telephone poles were, you know, several hundred yards away. So what the engineer did is they just clamped the, the radio uh, mechanism that they had to boost the signal into the, the fence at the farm and the fence then connected to the, the telephone lines. But if you think about it, it's just transferring electricity, right? right? You're just, you're just pushing that signal through. So it worked for that time period. Never did those people think that we would even be doing a phone call like this or a radio show like this today, where I can see you in full high definition And you can hear me an incredibly crisp sound, right? Right. I think that's, what's so exciting about this is that we don't know, but if people stop innovating and if people stop trying, then this type of interaction will never take place. And, you know, we can speculate all day long on all of the advances that we might have for this, or, Mm -hmm. you know, what impact it'll have for the medical community, right? What impact it'll have on um, people that are overseas, you know, all of that stuff, you know, it's, it's just incredible to see sort of where we've, where we've been and where we're going.
0: No, it's, it's, it is incredible. I can't wait to see what comes of it. And, you know, even our line of business, that was part of what I was thinking about. And, you know, with with my kids my son's thinking about being immersed in the game not like physical game but like watching a game on tv and you know my daughter was seeing it for all of you know the the, the you could almost travel without traveling you could go see places that you would never see before and feel like you're there and it was kind of neat to hear their take on that and, and their concepts on what is but what's come.
1: interesting about all of those comments is the fact that someone needs to go out and film that someone needs to go out and capture that and where do they store that footage there you go
0: well, I think we might know a place, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I know you were pressed for time today. I know you have a hard stop here. Matt, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, I can't thank you. enough. if our audience wants to learn more about Alteon, where would they go find that out?
1: Alteon.io is the best place to go check it out. And, uh, you know, we're, we have a customer support staff, um, always around 24 7. So if anyone has any email questions or, or comments... Um, you know, feel free to just shoot us a note and, um, you know, we're there. And, and again, and I, I want to stress that it's like, it's such an incredible time period for technology as a whole. And we're seeing so much innovation that has come out of even the pandemic in the Mm -hmm. last couple of years, right? We're seeing even the telecommunications industry wake up to putting in stronger fiber lines or, um, you know, increasing home networks to match what you might have traditionally had in a business because you have to keep up with these demands now of remote workers. Um, I think there is a little bit of a loss of that, you know, serendipitous moment or Mm -hmm. those inspirational time periods where, you know, you're passing somebody at the water cooler and you're talking about, you know, something that, you know, a problem you might be working on or just a, a question that you might have about the business. So I'm not fully like all in on the remote side of things. I think that it's important to have those physical connections with people, but, uh, certainly it streamlines a lot of, of what we're trying to do in society and accelerate your businesses. So I think that, you know, for any entrepreneur to just constantly, um, you know, do those moonshots, just think of, of all the what ifs and Mm -hmm. and go for it genuinely, um, and fail, right. Fail and fail early and then, and learn from those mistakes and then, you know, but continue going on, you know, dust yourself off. I've certainly had a few of those moments in my life, but you know, it doesn't stop me every day because I know genuinely what I'm doing is going to have a greater impact. And we receive that information all the time from our users. And that's, what's exciting for me is hearing about the commercial or hearing about the documentary that's being produced on top of Altion that, you know, is really changing people's mindsets or invoking some sort of emotion. And and that's really exciting for me to see uh where we're going with our our company.
0: I love it. And I think what I just heard you describe is the fourth revolution that's uh that's taking place out there the uh, the fourth revolution has been described a lot by a lot of different people and it sounds like uh you're doing the same thing describing it as well there so it's it's pretty incredible so matt thanks again for being on the show if you guys if you like what you're hearing please five star this podcast leave a review for us we love the comments especially on our youtube channel if you hit subscribe leave the comments we love addressing those we love coming back after them and uh talking them over with our audience here and then if you would again check us out on our socials at what's your one more that's what's your one more with the number one matt thanks for being on the show again today really appreciate your time and and all the insight you're bringing excited to see your future as you guys progress forward here in this next uh, digital age that we're moving into thank you so much for having me on today absolutely i got one more shot i'm gonna make it one more chance i'm gonna take it i meant it when i said it now it's time for me to do it i got one life to live so i'll put them all into it yeah